0: Hello, this is James Emmett, the editor of 451 and the writer-illustrator of the committee from Wayward Raven. Adrian, you are awesome and have given us all a ton of issues, am I right? (laughs) Sorry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Adrian has issues. Just a couple of moments ago, I was a guest on one of my favorite podcasts, Takoyaki time, hosted by Kate Bresnahan, who've actually been on the show before. Wow. Episode 52 entitled Love and Rocket Pops and also co hosted by uh, Bree Scally. Um, uh, let's see. Well, actually, you have had your one year anniversary, right?
1: Yeah, I think this is just about it. Yeah, it was about this time last year that we first started actually recording. We've been talking about it for a minute.
0: But it's a great show, honestly, uh, anime, Japanese culture, and we had kicked around the idea of doing something like a crossover. I had joked on the show, like, I'm actually surprised they agreed to it, because, you know, when you're a fan of somebody, it's like, hey, let's do this thing, and then, you know, that person's like, yeah, let's totally do it. Now you're almost kind of committed to do it, I'm like, oh, God, I hope I don't fuck it up. <laughs>
2: Adrian, we're not just fans of each other. We're also friends.
0: Well, that's the best part, though, because being friends and well, obviously, I've known you for quite some time going back to what? Special edition NYC? Oh, it was like
2: 2014, 2013, oh.
0: 2014. And uh, well, Bree I've met fairly recently, but it's kind of like... We've kind of already known of each other in a way. So it's like super awesome in that regard. But yeah, I guess this is part two of my episode with them. So now they're in my court and well, ha, <laughs> now oh the no. awkwardness begins.
1: I know payback for all the, the strange questions we asked you. <laughs> I'm bad at basketball
2: because <laughs> he said we're in his court. Oh, yeah. I, my <laughs> brain went to tennis. I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad at all sports. So, I mean, any sport could have done.
0: You actually asked a question I hadn't really thought of in a while. You know, as far as my anime journey, which, I mean, I only really scratched the surface of it. You know, of course, talking about the hard years of bootlegging and fan subs and now kind of being spoiled for choice because now anime is for the most part legit and streaming is cool and basically being like a reformed criminal <laughs> and like this, you know. <laughs>
2: We're all hard now.
0: Oh, well, yeah. It's all stubble and eye patches and You know, half smoked cigars. Like, how do we all just look like classic Nick Fury at this
2: point? (laughs) We all have wings. Big old anime wings.
0: (laughs) Going so off the rails. (laughs) Oh, wait. I don't know if you've heard the show. What is it ever on the rails? You know, that's a really good question.
1: (laughs) On the rails is totally overrated. Let's just go off the rails. I don't need rails telling me what to do. Yeah, I saw Snowpiercer. I know that
0: shit's crazy. right. Oh, God. See? Why? No. <laughs> I love that movie so much, but my God. such a good movie. Oh, poor Chris Evans. no, sweet baby. Poor everyone in that movie. It's like Poor, sexy, bearded Chris Evans.
2: <laughs> oh, man. He was so good in that movie.
0: He really was. Tilda Swinton. My God. Like, oh my
2: God. She was amazing,
0: she she too. Right.
1: I- I'll watch her do like anything, but that movie was particularly enjoyable. Mm-hmm.
0: At first, I thought, I was like, all right, this is going to be people on a train. We're good. You know, there's going to be drama. But then, like, when he tells this story, like, halfway through, and you're like, oh.
2: (laughs) Wait a second. This is actually a biting social commentary, isn't it? (laughs) It's not really a train, is it, you guys?
0: (laughs) It turns out the train was inside of us all along.
1: The train was the friends we made along the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But welcome to the show. (laughs) Oh, um, so yeah, that was
2: a good intro for us.
0: That was a great intro. Um, so Kate Bree, uh, we had talked or I'm um, on your show about, you know, like I said, my anime journey and where it started and where it ended up for the most part. So I kind of figured, well, since, um, what we do on the show a lot is talk about comic books and, you know, geek culture. I figured what we'll do is kind of ask a similar question for starters. Um, but where did it start for both of you?
2: Should be rock, paper, scissors? I feel like our stories are going to be very similar. So if you, you can go first, Brie. Oh, thank you, Kate. <laughs> um, so my journey, I
1: think I've always kind of been a little bit of a nerd. I was a nervous kid, and I got super into Star Wars back in second grade when the prequels started coming out. And that was 2008, right? I mean, 1998. Jesus oh Christ! It was 1998. <laughs> I was eight you years old. You are
2: tripped. Yeah, <laughs> you just started in
1: 2008, trip. and then I fell flat on my face. Um, <laughs> in in 98, when the Star Wars prequels came out, I got super into those. Um, I had no idea, like. How bad they were, obviously. And I hadn't seen the original movies at the time. But I just thought that they were so, so cool. I had a ton of trading cards. And I read all the extended universe, like, middle grade books and stuff. And that was, like, my world then. Also, I can give a lot of credit to my dad, too. He had a bunch of comic books from when he was a kid. So, like, weird stuff like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And, like, Tom and Jerry stuff. Like, things that, like totally aren't in print today but like he gave them to me and I would read them all and I remember once um you know they used to have those ads in the back of old comic books that you could like mail in five dollars and they'll like send you a patch or something (laughs) I took an ad out of like a 40 year old comic book and tried like I was like dad (laughs) give me five dollars so I (laughs) mailed five dollars like into oblivion I don't know who got that money (laughs) And mind you, this was 1990 five dollars it's not today five dollars it was worth something
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry I'm just imagining like uh what was his name from uh the simpson snake where it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> after all these years like people are still sending these like people like five dollars even though they're not getting anything and every time like like you know the check comes in the mail it's like oh i can't believe that worked
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'm just i'm hoping that one day like i open the mailbox and there's the patch that i ordered when i was eight years old yeah. um never gonna happen i've got Over it, but that's kind of where my love of
2: comic books gotten over it. (laughs) I've gotten over it.
1: I'm fine, I'm not
2: still talking about it. There was a a period of time where I was deeply upset about this, but it's in the past now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it definitely shaped who I am today. Mm. I can see that cynicism in your eyes, too. (laughs) So then,
1: after I started getting into those comic books, uh, anime happened to me. In fifth grade, I remember card capture Sakura was, like, the thing that gets claws into me. And I would, like, doodle in class. And all of my all of the d- drawings that I would do would look like Sakura with her little <laughs> bangs, you know, that they, they were, like, long on the sides. Oh, yeah, the bangs that I tried to model my own hair after when I was that age. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: and that just kind of, like, compounded into everything else, you know. I, I got into... Pokemon card game and Yu Gi Oh! and Digimon, and that kind of led to you know, today I like play magic and play video games and stuff like that, so it all kind of like led one thing into another, you know?
0: Oh man, magic is that shit though, like that, that <laughs> magic <very> good. is
1: apparently <laughs> I don't know when it
0: happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, magic is awesome, but like my best friend and I for a while. Um, well, he more so to me because, well, at the time, I my job didn't pay for anything. But, um, you know, we would play like regular booster packs for a while. And, and I was getting my ass kicked then And obviously, once he got a better job, then he was getting like all the expansions and like the booster packs. And mm. it was like these one-sided fist fights oh, yep. just with a lot more druids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what I do is like because the cards are so expensive and there are so many is I print out proxies like online, just print out pictures of the cards and put it in a card sleeve and say, boom, that
2: represents the card that I don't have the money to buy. You
0: know, <laughs> That is kind of amazing. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, let's, let's get into my storied history. You know, shockingly, I wasn't into Star Wars as a kid. My dad took me to see all of the movies, but it just never really hit me the way that it did with a lot of people. That's funny because I only saw the first prequel. I
1: didn't see the other two. <laughs> really? Yeah, the first one, just like... I don't know. It awakened something in my soul.
0: It's like the forest <laughs> really did awaken.
1: Yeah. It's all those midichlorians.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I I think what really started me out was when I was very, very small. That was when Power Rangers and Sailor Moon were on TV. Oh, mm-hmm. man. That's right. Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know. I know we were like just talking about it, but
2: I totally forgot about my Power Rangers. Phase. Power Rangers was my entire life from ages like two to six. Which Power Ranger were you? Yellow Power Ranger. Me
1: too. She was the best. Um, Probably you and I have different reasons for that. My reason is
2: that her mechazoid thing was a giant cat. Why do you think that my reason would be any
0: different? Because I'm
2: obsessed with giant cats. (laughs) But you don't like cats. I don't like house cats. I like big cats. It's like big robotic
0: (laughs) cats that transform into the feet of another giant robot.
2: Hell yeah. It was the dopest. Also, like, I liked martial arts as a little kid, and she was the one, like, I liked the color yellow for some reason, like, and I was really into the Spice Girls, too. So, like, Scary Spice was my favorite, and everything that she had was, like, animal print. It was just big cats for me all the way. This is all making a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, see? <laughs> was like, it's we, coming we, together. We made a lot
0: of breakthroughs today. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, Power Rangers and Sailor Moon as a kid. I just really liked fighting, I guess. And then, uh, as I got older, I I really wasn't super into anything outside of, like, American cartoons. I watched nonstop Nickelodeon. Just, like, every single cartoon that they had on that network. Every single episode of every cartoon. And after that, I think around the same time, like, when Toonami was coming on and, like, Kids WB was doing a lot of anime, I watched, like, Card Cardcaptor Sakura. And I, I remember watching Inuyasha and Yu Yu Hakusho on Adult Swim yep. with my friend in middle school. And... Then, like, I just went full weeb, like, full hardcore weeb. Those were the weeb years. Those were the weeb
1: years.
2: (laughs) And it was just, like, all, like, whatever anime I could possibly find. And I didn't even have a DVD player until I was, like, 15 years old. So I just had to watch VHS copies of literally everything that I could get. And then in college, I just, I fell out of anime. Like, all three of us kind of had that same phase. And that's when I started getting into superhero comics a lot. And I never like fully went over to superhero comics. I enjoy them, but I, I never like just totally indoctrinated myself with them. Right. That was that was me in college,
1: definitely. Yeah. Um because yeah, it seemed like I don't know, that was maybe more of like a accepted nerd niche. Yeah. You know, like it was a lot more mainstream
2: than anime and weepdom. Oh, totally. Uh, like I went to an art school too. So I was with friends with a bunch of other nerds who other like geeky style people but they were all into things that weren't anime and like they were all into superhero comics too so i was just like well i guess i'll just get to know this better
0: we had talked about on your show was you know closer towards the end was that while there is a little bit of crossover with let's say anime culture and like you know your traditional i would say maybe american you know superhero culture there's still, like, a bit of a divide there. And I know, you know, with the one convention where they had tried to merge the two, it seemed like those crowds, for whatever reason, just never really clicked with each other. Yeah,
2: and, and it's really strange. I guess
0: now it's maybe a little easier, but not by much, because I feel like that's just one of those things that maybe it'll just always be a constant. Or I don't know, maybe it might change at one point.
1: I don't know, it's weird, because, like, I go to comic book conventions and anime conventions. You know, like, I go to both of those things. So it doesn't really make sense, like, why those wouldn't work together, Yeah, why I wouldn't want to engage with both of them at the same time. But somehow I
0: don't. Yeah, like, this maybe has something to do with just overall, like, I mean, comics now have, you know, come a long way from, like, the days of, like, the 90s where it was all just, you know, patches and giant shoulder pads and guns with more than one (laughs) barrel for whatever reason. And look, I'm not talking (laughs) crap about it because that was my era of comic books, so. Yeah. I can't really sit there and, you know, complain too much about it. But I think now stories are being told in a much different way than those years. So I think it might be easier to translate now. But I think at a time when, you know, during that big 90s comic boom, you know, it's such a different style and storytelling for most anime, you know, and I I feel like it just sort of kept on until fairly recently where people are realizing like, hey, you could be into both and not have it be completely weird.
1: Right. And I think that today comic books have become like almost synonymous with all entertainment. Like at New York Comic Con, it's obviously not just comics. There's also a ton of books there. There are author signings and black sales, the TV show and like movies and movie stars. And because so much content today is pulled from comic books, those two things are kind of interchangeable in a way, you know, like you see a lot more crossover at events. And you don't really see that as much with anime. Like you see a failed ghost in the shell movie that was totally whitewashed. Then no one wants to talk about, you know? So um, to try to have the anime entertainment crossover, there's kind of like,
2: it's kind of like how, comic book movies used to be. I think there's also an issue with like culture clashing because anime is Japanese. So it is entirely in a crowd of people who are into Japanese culture and Japanese things, whereas American comic books are obviously American. So Mm. it's, they're just two totally separate cultures. And that might be part of why it's so difficult to have them mesh because it is just two completely different parts of the world. Right. The people who are into anime are often kind of a little They kind of see Japan as like the promised land. Yeah, like a promised land, (laughs) basically. And it's just, it's something different, something that isn't here, which is what try to to meld it with something
1: that is like quintessentially American. Exactly, It's like oil and water. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, they're very, very different. But yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot of uh, anime influencing, you know, more Western entertainment and stuff.
2: I just remembered there was one thing I made a note of to mention in my backstory that I totally forgot. It was the Batman animated television series in the early 90s. Oh, yes. Oh, God. And um, Batman Beyond, too. Oh, my. Don't even like, get me there's started. There's so much
1: anime influence in Batman Beyond. Yes. So, oh, so much. Seriously. Um, Which I think is a really good example of how those two things can meld together and work really, really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also noticed, though, that when they do meld together, it's usually in something... That you wouldn't expect it. Like, I actually see it more, and I would say, live-action things and I would even, let's say, animated. Like, I think about, let's say, the first Matrix. Uh, You know, the Wachowskis were clearly influenced by, like, anime and manga. Like, just even in terms of the storyboarding, that, you know, it really does look like something out of a manga.
1: And then the the fact that they had the Animatrix produced to go along with it, you know, really, I don't know, speaks to those influences they're like yes we see this in a world where anime is relevant and like can tell this story just as effectively if not more effectively than live action film
0: right and it's cool and it catches on but i think for a good number of american audiences since they haven't seen it it feels almost brand new not realizing that in a weird way, it's it always kind of was there, but just not as leaned on as heavily. At least not to me.
1: With the way it's so much more accessible now, its influences are more visible. You know, because more people are aware of it. So it's easier to see the parallel lines between the two. Right.
2: And it's, it's not like alongside that. It's also people recognize these things as anime now rather than just like, oh, that's a weird quirky thing that they yeah. added into this. They're like, oh, I know exactly where that comes from. And that's from this anime that everyone has watched, regardless of, like, how cool they are. Oh, my gosh. Like, just at this past New York
1: Comic Con, every five minutes, at least, there was someone doing a Super Saiyan (laughs) screen.
0: That's so annoying. Sounds like hell. (laughs) And I know, like, every DBZ fan right now is probably turning this off. But, you know, much respect (laughs) to the anime. But that's a really good point. Is there, I mean, DBZ was one of those series that really just seemed to have like, you know, that crossover appeal that we had been talking about.
2: Yeah. That, yeah like, definitely. Hit,
0: like this cultural milestone where it's like, even if you've never watched a minute of the show, you're aware of these characters or at least of what they look like.
2: Yeah. Sailor Moon had that same appeal too. It just, there was something about, uh, something kind of powerful about it that I think really resonated with American audiences too. And it had kind of a, a mythology that was interesting to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and
1: at that point, children's marketing was, like, so, so prevalent. Mm -hmm. And that show was, like, so good to market to little girls. So
2: good. Oh, my God.
1: um, That it became, like, more than just a show that was being marketed. Like, it was a cultural cornerstone. Yeah. You know, like, again, like, you know that character. Even if you haven't seen the show, you know what Sailor Moon looks like. Exactly.
0: With that said, though. I think it took a lot of hard work to get American audiences. And not that those two shows aren't important, but there are so many more shows that did a decent job of kind of continuing that. But, you know, when you think anime, the first thing you really do think is maybe either DBZ or like Sailor Moon. And Mm -hmm. I think for there was a brief period of time where any time that shows would even reference anime, it was always kind of done, almost mockingly so, like as far as, you know, anime in general, because it was just so outlandish. You know, of course, it's like, you know, guys with spiky hair screaming for no reason.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think something that really bridged the gap in a way for a lot of American kids was Pokemon. Yeah, because definitely. Especially like the style, not too outlandish. It was about little animals that you could train and have fight for you. And like going on vast adventures without parental guidance. <laughs> <laughs> Everything American children want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting into deep, deep trouble and almost dying several times in a series.
0: Yeah, wow. A lot of people almost died in that first season.
2: Ash actually did die in the first season. It <laughs> was, <he> really? yeah, <laughs> was my favorite episode. It was where he met all the ghost Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He got hit by a chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My like child brain never put together. Like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I remember because Misty was like sad about it. And I was like, oh, Misty really likes Ash. And he died. And she said that he died. <laughs> but didn't he
0: die in the movie also?
2: <laughs> yeah, he did. He was turned to stone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. Or Ash. And he never ages. There's something to there's something to be said to that. I think it was that first movie when Mewtwo turned him to stone. He probably has some kind of eternal. Immortal now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait, is that the like can we make that canon just to, you know, finally (laughs) put that to bed? Because that would be the greatest explanation.
2: Nintendo, get back at us. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And also I just I want at least five percent of whatever promise can be taken (laughs) from that.
1: Of all Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) 5% of all Pokemon products.
2: Thank
0: you. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, like, even now with, you know, streaming sites and, you know, now conventions are coming back in, but there's still just this weird divide between superhero comics and anime. But I wonder, will there ever be any real coming together that outside of really bad American remakes? (laughs)
1: Is it time for me to talk about My Hero Academia now? (laughs) I think you should probably talk about My Hero Academia, Brie. So My Hero Academia. Um, It's this amazing series right now. um, I think (laughs) like, I don't know how many volumes of the manga are out, but there are two seasons of the anime that have aired. And it takes Western superheroes in anime and like puts them together in a really solid and effective way. The main hero, his name is All Might, and he represents American superheroes. He is drawn differently from everyone else. He has, like, this really muscular red, white, blue, yellow costume. Like, all of the primary colors that you see in a lot of American superheroes. And all of his attacks are American-themed. Like, he is Western superhero. And you can see his influence and the influence of Western superheroes in anime. Through this show like it doesn't differentiate either of them and kind of like blends them together in a really great way. I don't want to give away any spoilers because I know Adrian you haven't seen it yet. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say. But if you're looking for something that could help bridge that for the two audiences I think My Hero Academia would be a really great place to start.
2: And like the main character Deku he he is such an embodiment of like the perfect Japanese protagonist and the way that he approaches his issues and the way that he like sees a goal in the distance and it seems impossible. And he just knows he needs to work for it to get there. Eventually it's like, and seeing the two of them interact so kindly to one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is a really good way to bridge the gap, I think. And, um, he's also like
1: the, Classic underdog character. Like yes. he's not a chosen one. He doesn't have any special powers. He actually starts the series with no powers whatsoever. um So in this universe, eighty percent of people have something called a quirk, mm. which is like a superpower that could be anything from super strength to shape shifting to like one person. Like he can stare at someone and take their power away. Like there's a huge, huge number of quirks, but uh, Midoriya Deku doesn't have one uh he's completely average and he idolizes all might and who has
2: the, like all of the power he just has nothing but power he's the
1: number one hero he's the biggest strongest best boy uh, <laughs> so midoriya just idolizes him and it's his dream to be like all might and through hard work you know he believes that he can make it there you know so it's kind of taking the the japanese Protagonist story and the American protagonist, yeah. underdog story, putting them together into one perfect little child who I love <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, Brie has a history. I have so many feelings about My hair. Academia. Oh, this said it have
0: a history it was like what adopting anime as children,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, actually,
1: my son, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all my anime sons. <laughs> Uh, I got to get into that. But see, my thing, I have this trap and something I probably should have mentioned on your show is I often not only do I just have ADD, I also get lazy and will fall back and just watch uh, like a whole bunch of old shows. Oh, yeah. that I know I've seen a million times. It's like, well, it's like I could watch Yuri and Ice, but I'm going to sit here and watch Soul Leader again.
2: I'm exactly the same way. I've watched Revolutionary Girl Utena maybe like 20 times at this point, and I can never get enough of it. I won't sit and watch
1: something over by myself, but I'm always really excited to rewatch something with somebody who hasn't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you haven't watched Yuri on Ice, they'd be like, oh, my God, let's watch it together right now. (laughs) Um, Like, I feel like that is a really good use of my time somehow. I don't know. (laughs) Like evangelizing Yuri on Ice. (laughs)
0: Oh, God, that'd be funny to start doing, like, Ted talks about, like, have you seen this fucking show? This (laughs) is incredible. Just
2: stand outside at, like, Downtown Crossing across from, like, one of those guys standing on a crate preaching about Jesus and be like, but have you seen Yuri on Ice, though? (laughs) Episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) Episode
1: seven is here to save you from
2: your sins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, the end is near. It's like, wait, you mean the end of the world? It's like, no, the end of the show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They haven't announced season two yet, but we are getting a movie they have to do season two they have
0: to it's crucial actually something else i've also been noticing what i think is kind of rad is that something that anime like what as far as how the shows work there were very few shows that had like maybe a traditional second season but there would be like a second series yeah so like um let's say darker than black that's the first thing that came to my mind you know then there'd be like darker than black 2 or Mm -hmm. maybe it'd be a show with a different um subtitle where it's like it's a second series that could very well be a second season but it was kind of repackaged but i guess it's cool that shows are doing more of just regular like numbered seasons which i think is kind of cool in one way i mean as long as it at least makes sense for the show itself
1: yeah yeah one thing that can really i don't know degrade a show is like When they just decide to keep making seasons rather than keep telling the story, you know, like the, the seasons have to serve telling the story to completion. And then I really appreciate when, when a series can say like, okay, we've told our story, we're good. We're going to work on something else now, you know?
0: Right.
2: Like, especially as someone who grew up as a fan of American cartoons, the way that American cartoons are told and the way that anime is, like, the story structure for both of them is so completely the opposite. So, like, an anime has a linear storyline that starts at one place and ends at another. And, like, everything that comes in between is just a part of the story. Whereas American cartoons tend to have a world with characters in it The world has its rules, the characters have their personalities, and it is putting those characters into different situations and seeing how they work out. And both of them have their pros and cons, but like being able to see the two separate ways that they're done, it was like growing up as a kid, I didn't totally understand the way that they were structured and why they were structured differently. But like it was a different experience for both of them for me, and like seeing them at the same time was a little jarring in a way. But I think in the end, like it gave me a better perspective on storytelling as a whole. Mm.
0: Yeah. And something I wish that a lot of American shows, whether it be animated or not, is something that, you know, what the BBC often does or, you know, most British series where the season will last only as long as it takes to tell the story. Yes. Like I'm yeah. um, like a huge fan of what's the Idris Elba show, Luther, mm-hmm. where like one season will maybe be four episodes. I think one was like six, but then was only like one season may have only been like three or something like that. Jeez. And I was like, it was a very low number. Like it was very surprising. But by the same token, the story arc, it just existed. So just so that way they can get the story out. Yeah. So, that's there cool. was no filler episodes, which, oh my God, that's a whole other episode right there with the anime. <laughs> but like, there was no filler. There was nothing to pad for time. Like, there were only as many episodes to tell the story, and then it was done. Now, if they wanted to do more, cool. But it also had the privilege of being self contained, even though there was some overarching storyline. So, if you were like a long time viewer, you get to watch it. But if you just tuned in, like, at least you weren't completely lost. And I kind of wish that. You know, animation, at least American-wise, would kind of do the same thing.
2: Yeah, it, it would be ideal, and I understand. Like, there are production limitations when it comes to an animated series because you need to have that production line of someone writes it, someone storyboards it, someone animates it, someone colors it, someone pushes it out there. So it needs to have a specific number every time so that everyone is getting paid what they should be getting paid. Right. Which is a whole other discussion because that's never the case anyway
0: but it, yeah which like, is a damn shame yeah
2: it really is but like that's what the cool thing about like the internet the rise of the internet and the rise of creativity on the internet and the way that people put out their own stories online or like they make their own animated series or they make their own web comics and that kind of allows us more flexibility in how we both create and experience stories i mean and you look at a show like the
1: castlevania show that yeah. Netflix put out it was only 4 episodes and um, now they're signed on for a longer season, you know, but the the four episodes was kind of like their chance to like say, like, here's our world is the story that we're going to tell. Like, do you want to see it? And because it was like so well received and well acclaimed, um, Netflix said, like, well, you know, put more money towards this. And it's kind of like that same.
2: Exactly, Platform, you know, that, that like Netflix is so cool in that way because it is kind of like a good merging of traditional media. Like here, watch all of these well-produced shows that, you know, pretty well by now. And also here's this weird experimental thing that someone came up with. That it doesn't cost us really anything to put it on here. We just paid for the rights. So here you go. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Granted, you know, there is a little bit to say about being spoiled for choice. But, you know, as I'm seeing with comics I'm really just hoping that that continues to just really push the boundaries and not even just in terms of storytelling, but like I said, the structure Mm, of how these stories are being told. Because something that I think maybe turns off people, and this is just my personally, you know, obviously these are not necessarily going to be your views or anyone else's, but... I feel that what maybe turns people off from anime and even, let's say, comic books is that when it comes to both of them, there tends to be, you know, sometimes long traditions or, you know, sometimes it can be very trope heavy. Yeah. And some of it can be a little off-putting to someone who's uninitiated. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the three of us have watched enough that we can probably be like, all right, I mean, whether you like it or not. You know it's there and it's like, all right, you can kind of look past it, but that very same thing could have someone just be like, nope, I'm never touching this again (laughs) because it's just, you know, it's just too out there. So I don't know if you have any sort of uh, thoughts on that.
2: Well, there's something, especially in manga, there's a lot of shorthand and it reminds me of, for example, (laughs) this is going to sound so shitty. It reminds me of ballet because there's there are certain mimes in ballet that it, when you watch a ballet you notice the mimes to tell the story because there's no speaking in it so they need to be able to tell the actual story of the dance through their motions and if you like watch someone pull their hands down their face it means that they're crying and sad but like in manga it has similar shorthands to allow you to follow the story more effectively so that's why it's so easy to just plow through a series of manga because you just you recognize all the shorthands right away and you know exactly what everyone's feeling immediately. So you're like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. All right, done. I just read five volumes in a day. Whereas, like a lot of uh, American comics, for example, it's all, it's very wordy. They add a lot of text into there, and it's not so much about the shorthands because Americans don't really have any specific shorthands like. For example, the sweat drop thing, that's a classic. It means someone's <laughs> either stressed out or like nervous about something or they're embarrassed. Or like that the like pulsating vein shorthand is like someone's irritated or angry. So it and there are certain ways that people look at each other in a manga or the way that like they trail off in their speech that you know exactly what the author is trying to communicate with that character in that moment. And I think uh, it's it's such a really good way to be able to tell a story and have as many people understand it as quickly as possible. And which is why manga is such a huge industry over there. Because they just they're able to plow it out so easily, just knowing that everyone's going to understand what they're trying to do. And there is some really good groundbreaking work out there that doesn't really use that shorthand as much. But it is more of an industry standard over in Japan, I think, than over here. Those are my thoughts and I'm sticking to them. <laughs> the thing that I was just thinking of
1: was um Devil Man Crybaby. Oh, God, that's on yeah. Netflix right now. Yep. Um and it's it has a really, really wide audience um mm. because of the platform or I don't know what it is. But um, this one series seems to be pulling in a lot of audiences that aren't traditionally yeah. watching anime.
2: One of our friends who isn't necessarily an anime fan was just like, are you guys going to talk about Devil May Cry? because I just watched it all and I have a lot of feelings. I'm like, yeah, oh, good for you. That's crazy.
1: And I know that uh, Masaki USA, who is the director, he has kind of been like flying under the radar. He does a lot of like really trippy, surreal animation um and like i think it was like 2009 don't quote me on that but he <laughs> guest directed an episode of adventure time and like before oh, wow. yeah and he did um ping pong the animation and like oh, a lot of things that don't have a lot of uh widespread appeal but this new devil man series like and netflix took a chance on it threw some money at it it's here and it's huge you know so like i don't know like Strange things are breaking down barriers. Like Devil Man Crybaby is not something that I would expect a lot of people to like. But you know, you look at the hyper-violence and hypersexualization of that show and the hyper violence and hypersexualization of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and
2: maybe it makes sense. Yeah. You know?
0: Which then I wonder, does that lead into some unwanted attention in that regard? I have not experienced anything.
1: I haven't Personally. really either. Like I know that there was some like outcry a little like a tiny bit on Twitter of people being like, you know, this show's terrible. If you watch the show, you're terrible. But honestly, it's not any worse than Game of Thrones. No, not like, at all. It's really really not. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like in in the grander scheme of things there's not a lot of backlash because we're so desensitized to those things in our media anyway that to see it animated that's like kind of okay there's a good amount of like adult animated series over here now too yeah absolutely like archer which like isn't violent but it has that like you know adult humor huh it's It's a little violent i mean not compared to devil man cry one of the characters lost his hand but you know (laughs) um but uh so you know that yeah the There's a lot of adult animation over here, too. So we're kind of being indoctrinated into adult animation (laughs) without even realizing it. Good job. (laughs) Are you congratulating me? I didn't even do anything.
0: (laughs) Now, listening to you discuss this, I'm really thinking about it. For all of their differences, there's a lot of similarities, you know, like comic books are having that same thing where I think a lot of people feel like, okay, this is kid stuff or, you know, this is stuff for like teens and not adults, which I don't know what that is at this point anymore, but <laughs>
2: <Right>? <laughs> it's so hard to like find the line.
0: Yeah. Right. Like So maybe that's the thing. Like a show like Dove Me May Cry, maybe had it not been for maybe some more adult oriented shows, once you get past the difference in animation, some themes do cross over to people who, you know, I guess would not be into this traditionally. And then I noticed shows like Attack on Titan, um, UGG. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> Attack on Titan has
2: huge mass appeal.
0: Yeah. And again, super violent. <laughs> yeah. Is it just a violent aspect? Because now I'm thinking about the popular anime here and I'm like, oh, wow, they are kind of all violent. I mean, I yeah. didn't have anything against violence, I mean, but it's just...
2: Is it just America? Or are we just really messed up? I think we're messed
0: up. I think I mean, we might be messed up, yeah. <laughs>
1: but, like, the message of Devilman Crybaby is, like, war is bad and humans are bad. True. You know, like, it, was, it wasn't glorifying any of the violence. It may have glorified the sexualization <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> just, just high schoolers <laughs> and stuff, but just a smidge. It was a smidge glorified. <laughs> but none of the violence glorified that's true
2: but you know i think for american audiences it might not even matter that much yeah that's true i mean in in japan they seem to understand a little better when they make stuff like this like what is glorifying violence and what is like for example ninja scroll which is something i haven't watched in a billion years but i remember like it is so extraordinarily violent and it doesn't really seem to have any conscious about it it's really just kind of gory violent like, I hope you enjoy this sexy ninja lady. Uh, it's it doesn't really have much of a deeper message coming from it. But like, I don't know. It, there's definitely a difference between that and Devilman for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we can't say like
1: American audiences like violence, you know, like overall overarching. Some do. Yeah. Some don't. Um, But yeah, there does seem to be a connection between like these violent shows
2: that do really well. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: I don't know. There's something there.
2: Hey, maybe there's that, something in the water yo, i don't know yo america maybe we should like step back for a second just like take a look at
0: ourselves <laughs> so, hey america let me wrap at your real yeah we might have a problem <laughs>
2: turn the chair
1: backwards and say it. put my hat backwards like hey kids let's rap about violence it's bad okay
0: <laughs> i feel like you should be wearing like a dare shirt at the yeah the- <laughs> over like
2: two sizes too big
0: over <laughs> long sleeves
2: yeah exactly <laughs>
0: Oh, like yeah, there has to be. And maybe that's scary to admit, though. But that tends to be us and as a culture in a nutshell. I mean, if that's kind of what bridges at least one gap, cool. But it would be nice to see something that isn't necessarily this.
2: Yeah, well, something calmer. There's your name. Yeah, that's true. That has been was a huge theaters, movie yeah, last
0: year. Yeah, but now they're turning into like a live action thing.
2: Really? Well, uh, that's, that's just Hollywood being or
0: dumb. Or like know?
2: Studio Ghibli movies. They're pretty popular yeah,
1: over those here. Yeah, are super popular. So, yeah, there are definitely things that bridge the gap. It's mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what it is that makes these strange niche things bridge that gap. Yeah.
0: It tends to go into extremes with like, I guess, between anything Studio Ghibli and then, you know, let's say Double Man which I haven't seen yet, but, you know, I've heard plenty about it. Yeah. So there's very little middle ground other than maybe, I guess, whatever season of Pokemon they're up to.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) What season (laughs) even are they on now?
0: I don't know. I think they just stopped numbering. Because I think at this point, they just (laughs) named the show after whatever game is out.
1: Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, because I think they do a lot of that, like, the season ends, but then they just do a whole new series because the new game comes out. Yeah. And they keep redesigning Ash, and it's... It's really confusing. I don't know what they're doing anymore. Pikachu chalked in the new movie, right? Like, yeah, we all saw that clip and how
2: terrifying that oh, was.
0: Yeah, that was weird. And that's something I may have to review at some point, Um, at least the Japanese version. Um, If I can find some like a subtitle version, but the uh, Detective Pikachu movie. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: What, what, uh, I, I was about to say, why are they doing this? And then I remembered exactly. Money. Yeah,
0: literally. Yeah. <laughs> but the Japanese version just sounded, like, amazing. Like, it's just one of those things that I would probably have to be under the influence to watch because I think that's the only way to...
2: <laughs> to really, pro- like, be able to it, absorb the information and not have a panic attack immediately. You need to turn off part of your brain, for sure.
0: But I feel like it would also make me have a panic attack. <laughs> Possibly.
2: I, I, honestly, I think that that's just a dangerous
1: thing. The existential crisis of seeing Pikachu speak was just, like, too much for me. So, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be partaking.
0: I made a similar mistake um from tonight we had decided to watch um Toronto Legacy pretty much just thrown out of our gourd and anytime the CGI um Jeff Bridges would mm-hmm. pop up on screen like mm-hmm. I would literally jump back and scream.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was a little spooky looking. Yeah, we just... were in that uncanny valley for a few minutes there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that was almost too uncanny valley. So I don't know like if I can't deal with CGI people talking but a beloved childhood icon I know only released really you know says its name (laughs) to then like have full dialogue and especially of like was it ryan reynolds yeah i think that's just gonna fuck with my head in a way i don't know if i'm ready for
1: i really wish that campaign to get danny devito to be pikachu it's all
2: i want i really feel like that would have been enough to like soothe the bomb of having pikachu speak if it if he spoke and it was danny devito speaking i'd be like i can accept this into my (laughs) life and ascend to a higher place
0: (laughs) now has anyone gone ahead and like Taking any of the footage and, like, I don't know, maybe use quotes from, like, It's Always Sunny. Oh my
1: God. TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it.
0: <laughs> um, If anyone does do it, please, of course, um, give credit to um, Takiyaki Time and Agent has issues. <laughs> uh,
2: Nintendo, you already have my contact information. It was in the contract that we signed. Uh, I'll be expecting <laughs> my check in the mail. Thank you very much.
0: Hold on a second. I'm going to take a quick commercial break <laughs> while I count all these mad ducats I have here oh my gosh I didn't even look at the time like holy crap (laughs) (laughs) I know you should probably wrap up and I'm like no but this is (laughs) fun
2: I we could just like shoot our mouths all day and I'm pretty sure I blacked out halfway when I was talking I was like what am I saying even I (laughs) always do that
0: (laughs) I don't know. Is that good to admit that she kind of blacked out mid-conversation? <laughs>
2: well, no, it's just
1: like your brain just does its own. It like, just takes over <laughs> and your mouth keeps talking and you're like, okay, I hope what I'm saying makes sense.
0: <laughs> but you know what, though? As fellow podcasters, I mean, I don't know. I'm glad to hear that that is something that also happens to somebody else. Because yeah. then you're like, <laughs> yeah. and then you go back and edit it or listen back. and Like, I said that like, oh, my God. <laughs> or you go back and like, I said that I'm brilliant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, I'm so smart. Right? I should give myself a medal. <laughs> I should like have a podcast or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was like, "Do you want to do a podcast? Like we've been doing one for a year." I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I feel bad though, like I probably should have done a better job of talking about your show.
2: <laughs> 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 Whatever.
0: But no, like I really do think it's a, a lot of fun and like I said before, people should definitely check it out. Um <laughs> So I don't know if there's anything, like, in the future, like, any plans, like, you may have to do with the show or anything in the future that's coming out that you're looking forward to either reviewing or discussing.
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, finally watching Sailor Moon. Yeah. I feel like this is a huge, huge hole in my anime education. Uh, like, this blind spot that I have, I'm, like, I'm super aware of it because of, like, the infiltration
2: into the culture, but I've never seen any of it. So we we have that coming up. Uh, You know, honestly, the best part about doing this podcast, aside from being able to spend some time with you, Brie, is we've been able to go back and watch some anime that we just totally missed. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really fun re-education on things that we know about, like, in our front brain and then just didn't know anything in detail about. Yeah that's been a really good we don't really have any like specific plans with what to do with it I, it's just been fun talking about anime for an hour yeah. every couple <laughs> weeks yep definitely yeah we're gonna have to
1: check out the spring lineup when it comes out see if there are any series that catch our eye mm. so we haven't done a like simulcast podcast in a while so no.
2: yeah the first simulcast we did was Uran ice and we started recording the podcast right after that mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't even know if it would be possible, but it would kind of be cool to see you guys like, obviously, I'm sure this rights issues. So it may have to be like one of those kind of riff tracks things where it's like, all right, we'll record it, but you'll have to stink it up. But uh, doing like, like a live commentary, like on certain anime, or even just particular episodes of.
1: Oh, man, that'd be so much fun. I would love that. Because Kate is also a really big fan of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, and she got me into it also. So that would be a good marrying of our interests. There's so many series we could do that with, too.
2: It's so we many. How to do that when we watch anyway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot keep my mouth shut when I watch anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, see, I feel like the two of us would probably get kicked out of most movie theaters. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's not even like reacting to anything that's happening. I got a funny joke for this. <laughs> I do really feel bad because we were raised in, like, that Mr. Science Theater generation where that thing that I think people just sort of did on their own or, like, among friends became something to do, like, in a public setting. And yeah, I right. keep forgetting not everybody's into that, which is why, like, I think my aunt hated watching movies with, like, me and my sister because we were just, oh, my God, like, we would riff for hours. And it's like, I can't hear the movie. And it's like, well, this movie sucks. That's why we're riffing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like everyone needs to see The Room. And just riff through it. Mm-hmm. It's a bonding
2: experience for you and your friends. Yeah, absolutely.
0: There needs to be a room anime.
2: Oh, God. TM, <laughs> TM, TM, TM,
0: TM. <laughs> oh, God. Stop. I need to stop giving away all these good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, and, okay, in post, I'm just going to basically be like, there needs to be a uh, room redacted. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Stop>. <laughs> There needs to be a beep.
0: <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> There we go. But oh my gosh, Kate Bree, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank you so much
1: for having us. We've had so much fun.
0: Likewise, can't wait to do this again. I Yeah. Damn it. Stupid time and having fun. I know this time went by so
2: fast. I was so ready to talk about like Black Panther and like how hot Captain America is and I know we didn't touch on any movies. <laughs> next time I we'll think talk we about do a part two because yeah. this was really really it fun. was a lot of fun
0: all right we definitely had to do a part two you know what we'll wait until those things come out because right now yeah. it's just gonna be me getting like hyper emotional and just and i haven't even <laughs> seen a damn movie yet like
2: yeah just getting emotional about trailers <laughs> it's kind of like i remember when we went to see wonder woman together <sighs> we, literally both of us were in tears like most of the movie it made me so feel so much better to
1: know that you were also crying and then to realize that the women behind us were crying and the women the row ahead of us were crying so (laughs) so we understand yeah yeah it was a really great experience and it still works i've watched it since Mm -hmm. and still cried so
0: black panthers is gonna wreck me i know it and i'm probably gonna have to see it at an early show or like when no one's around because yeah i'm getting ejected (laughs) out of the theater or someone's kicking the back (laughs) of my chair
1: mommy why is that man sobbing
0: But, yeah, we definitely had to do this again soon because I, I we hadn't even talked about half the crap I wanted to talk about. But that'll just give us something to do for next time. Yeah. Totally. Before you go, please let everybody know where they can uh, listen to your show or chat with you or anything else. Absolutely.
1: So uh, our podcast is called Takoyaki Time, and you can email us at
2: takoyaki underscore time. No, wait, is that it? No, it's ta- you can email us at takoyaki time at gmail.com or you That's can find it. us on Twitter at takoyaki underscore time. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you
1: find your podcast, you can find Takoyaki time.
0: Thank you so much. And as far as our information, you will hear it after this nifty ending theme. But that'll do it for us at Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue.
1: Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please visit us on the web at adrianhasissues.com where you can stream and download all of our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at facebookcom backslash Adrian Has Issues. Follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues and on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and the Laughable Podcast app. Thanks again!